0: The following is a sponsored program on WBT.
1: Good morning welcome to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick Rikaisak from Roby Commercial Services. I'm Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. Sunday morning, 9 to 10. Hey, Patrick. How you doing, buddy? We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10.
2: Are we we every, every Sunday except Christmas, Easter? Or Carolina basketball.
1: They, always, they always give us the boot.
2: They talk about a CEO in church, Christmas and Easter only. That's the only. That's when we're only not here. <laughs> I've never heard that before. You've never heard no, that? No, I've heard Christmas that's for and you, Easter That's only. for you, Pastor Pinkston. A CEO. Wow. Nah. That's one way to get there. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's why they call me the president. No, nah. <laughs> 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 nah, man, it's been a good week. It has gotten hot in the Queen City, Trent. hot.
2: Man, I was listening I was don't know where I was driving from the other day. Uh I think I was coming back from the mountains and, and listening to the radio passively and not paying attention. That's what I meant by that. I don't know if I used it correctly, Reagan. Reagan will have to tell me if I use my Spot context check. on Spot passive check. correctly. But uh I mean I heard him say something about the temperature was dropping to the seventies and it's only gonna be in the in the low eighties and then I was like, "Wow, this must be gonna feel good." And I was coming out of the mountains. You were listening to Mount I would Radio. No, I was no, no, no. I was listening to Charlotte station, and and I don't know what I heard. I would only heard half of it, and then uh, and then I got to Charlotte, and it was like ninety four degrees, and I was like, "Good gosh!" It was sweltering, and and I think it's going to continue to swelter. Then I heard I, I went and checked my weather app or whatever Apple gives you for free uh <laughs> i don't think it's free they like to know where i go <laughs> yeah. uh, but um uh, and you. it said something like upper 90s like we got a heat wave coming and thunderstorms every day
1: no it's a for one time i was actually on the mountains on the way down to the mountains i think maybe that same day perhaps possibly and now i get why the allure of the mountains i get it i mean i, I think i got it before it's been a couple of years and i kind of forgot the temperature difference. Uh, we went up there for to support our services office in Boone with Aaron but Went to a, a Chamber of Commerce event on top of Beach Mountain, which is the coolest thing. Uh, and across the, the top lift, there's a little like restaurant, 5660, I think it's called. And right across there's a fence, and that leads you to what's called Land of Oz. Have you heard of this before? I have. And so our services team is doing the electrical work, some of the electrical work for Land of Oz, and they're having a big called Ottoman Oz coming up. So we got like the behind the scenes tour, and what a cool place! I didn't even know that really existed until Aaron Noble, our, our guy up there, sent me a couple photos. I was kind of like, okay, cool, it's Yellow Brick Road, not a big deal, but man, this whole thing is—I mean, this is there's a lot of history here too. It was, it was pretty cool. A lot of history, real, real, real unique, very uh, unique, fairy taleish. Yeah. It, 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 Back to my weather point on the way back down, you had to ride a chairlift to get up there. On the way back down, it was getting dark. I was like, man, it's getting a little, you know, a little cold. It's starting to get a little chilly. And Aaron's like, I, I, I meant to tell you to bring a hoodie. Well, uh, I, I got a couple buddies that, that have, have houses or stay
2: in yeah. Beach mountain a lot. I don't. I don't go up the beach mountain that much uh, relative to Banner Elk and and Boone. And they always brag that it's another five degrees cooler than than the other areas up there up on top of beach. Uh, But I think the typical
1: gradient during the summer between uh, Banner Elk and and Charlotte is about 20 degrees. That's nuts. I mean, it's very obvious. I be clearly, when you kind of experience it, heck, we had a bonfire in the middle of July and it was needed. I mean, it was pretty cool. Are you trying to poke me to have my bonfire? I like your bonfire. This was a much more different type of bonfire, but uh, it was a, it was fun. It was a good time. My wife is talking about formalizing my bonfire
2: pit, which has never had any formalization to it at all. We might but, need it. But even a- to make it to where you possibly could cook on it and have us around. And, and this area she's wanting to put it uh, across the street has these trees beside it. And I said, baby, I said— this fire is gonna it's gonna kill these big old trees and she said no once a year twice a year
1: i said baby that you would you would die those trees those (laughs) trees they they probably know what's coming now right it starts to get a certain temperature and they're like is it today i think they're i think they're dying off they're going oh my gosh this
2: guy's torturing us (laughs) (laughs) i don't know we i mean we recorded this during the week uh had a bad couple hours thunderstorm yesterday and uh yes, and uh, humongous we just repaved our road 2 weeks ago and the biggest oak tree on our road at the bottom fell and it like I haven't really analyzed it cuz I didn't have time uh but I mean it's humongous it is the poison ivy tree i mean it's so big it's always had these humongous poison ivy and my neighbors were like we're going to cut it i'm like well my chainsaw's in town he had an electric chainsaw, Michael, my next door neighbor. Oh no! And it's, this tree is like, I'm, I mean, literally, yeah. literally, by a line through the tree, they call that a diameter. I think it's like six feet around, and it's all poison ivy. And I said, "Man, that's poison ivy, that three leaf stuff." And he's like, "Oh, you a wimp." I was like, "No, that's poison ivy. I'm not. I'm not cutting this tree." Uh, and I haven't seen Michael since. No. <laughs> yeah. he's on swole laid up in bed uh but anyway we we, no, uh we got tree guy came over real early this morning i had had contacted troy on our team as well as a backup he he was going to divert bobby reed uh to come i mean literally everybody is so willing to to help and and serve in our company and outside as well uh it, it was refreshing
1: no, that is good. That's a lot of firewood, funny too.
2: Thing is, yeah. Funny thing is, I haven't been doing a good job exercising, and all of our kids are gone this week. Uh, we Three are at camp. The three girls are at camp. Ford's at the beach with my mom, and Reagan's mom took Knox up to the mountains. So it's me, Reagan, and Wiley. So yesterday I said, hey, you want to go run? It's like it's coming up a storm, this big storm. And she said, I don't want to run in the rain. We got about a half a mile away from the house. She said, the first drop I feel, I'm leaving. And then a, a drop. And then the bottom. I fell said, out. You gotta stay. Come <laughs> on. And we went about another half a mile and I was thought I was scared of the lightning. I thought we were gonna get struck. It was That's why was, Land of Oz look, made you think about little this, fright, huh? Little frightening. <laughs> Don't play with lightning. I did, I Googled. Being under a cover like a porch in a lightning storm is not any safer than being outside in a field. That's what I learned. I always thought that was safe. Dugouts are dangerous, FYI. And for some reason, don't lay on a concrete floor. Hey, (laughs) we got a good show for us today. We got Bruce Doan, uh, one of my best friends and mentors in life, uh, coming to us when we return. You're listening to At Home with Roby.
0: The following is a sponsored program on WBT.
1: Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick MacIsaac from Roby Commercial Services along with Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. If you missed the lag at last segment, go back. We talked about fires, the Wizard of Oz, and now we got Bruce Done, who threw an "Oh my!" at us in the break, and he didn't even hear the first segment. Who
2: is uh, he's one of the uh, who? What, what do they call him? The dwarfs on uh, on the Wizard Munchkins. of Oz? Munchkins. No, <laughs> he's not. He's a very big I was about gentleman. To say, I he's was a like, big gentleman. That was a joke. I would not say that if I thought he was uh, on the shorter side. Hey, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> help us please the the joke no the joke is uh, about three or four years ago bruce i do not know if you remember this but my kids were wizard of oz characters do you remember remember that that. oh it was at, and i think they went to the church festival that's where i thought you would you would remember it and now knox is 15 months so reagan wants to rehash the idea with all their personalities uh (laughs) <laughs> and she wants Knox to be that little thing with the crazy red hair and the red sideburns and she said she wanted me to be it with him you talking about like the witch is the person it's the little the munchkins. The munchkins. munchkins. they jump around high hot hi, they look pretty dangerous
0: <laughs> please do that she's doing it it's a done you deal can, I mean can, I can, think hey, look, look.
1: We we could get Aaron to hook you up and uh and maybe he can get you some tickets and y'all could dress up and do like a precursor to the Ottoman Open beach mountain. We need to have that yeah, bring them on the show. We could be the characters at
2: at the Grant Grand Reopening or something. We're off to see the Roby
1: Guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. What's up, Bruce? (laughs) He's like, What the heck? (laughs)
0: I'm trying to catch up. (laughs)
2: nah he uh we don't let we don't let our guest in on the first segment that's the key to 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 sneaking them um but uh bruce is we're getting ready for the tractor show to 50 years of farm progress when's that coming up in about a month we had mac wingett on the radio he's gonna go up there with us this year
0: yeah august the 26th through the 29th in wonderful Rantoul, illinois
2: Rand tool. now that's close to your hometown, isn't it?
0: It's about forty-five miles away. Yeah, yeah, and, wh- and
2: and and where where you where you where were you born and raised? I think we're gonna. I might get to reside a couple nights there, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. We have. Uh, I grew up close to a little town called White Heath, but the bigger town that everybody refers to around there is Monticello, Illinois, and uh, that's where I went to high school. Okay.
2: And and your family still has uh, you and your siblings still take care of the farm, uh, a portion or, or the farm ground that you grew up on, isn't that right?
0: Right. Yeah. We have uh, we have a family farm. It's been in the family for about 110 years, and uh, we uh, still have it. And we, of course, we don't farm it anymore. We cash in it. But um, we, uh, I'm getting ready to go up there mid August about the. 11th of August, take care of some farm business, and then we'll turn around and go back on the
2: 26th. And, and by cash renting, uh, 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 another farm that a farmer will rent your property, yeah. he goes around or she goes around and rents property and and, and, and that how they get some girth uh, right. to farm. And I know Reagan's family did that as well. They're about two hours t- 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 three hours north, I think
1: um, a little more northern and western in Illinois. We're about to go up there in about a week and a half. And my in-laws are the, the farmers that rent property and that's what they do on, on their their farm is they, they own farms like you know on their own on their own business, but they also do a lot of, a lot of cash renting like you guys are talking about here. It's kind of funny to see that go full circle.
0: It is
2: now, 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 Bruce. Get get me if I'm wrong. It's all it's all uh, soybeans and corn up there, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, this year. It uh, well, yeah. <laughs> There's uh, mostly corn and soybeans. There will be some people that plant wheat. Yeah, like usually uh, at the, the beginning guy of that the year. Farms right? our farm. He plants about 300 acres of wheat every year, and uh, because he has a market for the the straw and the wheat, and then he can go back and no-tilling soybeans behind the wheat. I was about harvesting. to say that's how it's you can get
1: a, you can double dip with the wheat, can't you? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I yeah.
0: didn't know that.
2: So do they do the they still so so do they alternate soybeans to corn every other year, or do they keep it soybeans consistently?
0: Now, when you rotate the crop, one year it's corn, one year it's soybeans.
1: And a lot of it has to do with the market too, right? What's what's buying and what's selling that kind of thing as well. I mean, the prices fluctuate on a, on a daily basis, and it's uh, there's a lot to this.
0: Yeah. Most of the rotation is really centered around um, trying to keep your organic material in the soil. Uh, soybeans don't produce a lot of organic material, but they add nitrogen to the soil. So when you go back with corn the next year, corn uses a lot of nitrogen, so the soybeans provide some of that for them. But then the corn has a much bigger stalk, and a lot more leaves, a lot more Uh, organic material to add back to the soil to keep the soil, the organic material
1: in the soil up. They got to go back with those radishes in the off season, huh? Keep that stuff broken up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a true thing. Yeah, you're educating me. I'm here to learn, man. Like, I got to, I got to, you had mentioned Mac Wingett, who was on the show. Uh, it was last week, I guess. Uh, it's funny. I haven't seen Double, him two weeks, ago. two weeks ago. I hadn't seen him in forever. And I ran into him the that next Wednesday at a Four uh, C Coalition. He was there as well. And I, I really, you know, we've met maybe once or twice through you, Trent. But Max is a great guy. But he walked right. I mean, he had his his shirt on. We walked right up and started talking to each other. And he was. He, he said he got a pretty good response out of y'all's church uh, as far as him being on the show. Bruce, you weren't giving him a hard time, were you?
0: No, no. <laughs> I think Max would get great guy. Yeah, he was awesome. He's uh he's. uh He's just a really straight-up fellow, and I like him a lot. I think he does a great job, and he's just—you know—he's easy to get along with. He—he likes to work with people.
2: Well, well, Bruce, I got to give you a—I mean, I can—I can just give you compliments the whole show. Uh, There's so much I love about you and the basis of our friendship, but you—you are a heavy equipment guy. I've always been impressed in the—in the 15 or so years we've been running pretty hard together you know how to maneuver and leverage machinery. Like, I I haven't seen much in my life uh, and I always joke that I'm just a little contractor. I come from this little bobcat type lawnmower (laughs) chainsaw equipment world. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you get that from the farm?
0: Yeah. um, You know, growing up on a farm you learn how to run just about everything and then uh, (laughs) we had a uh, dad was a partner in a John Deere dealership for a few years and I hauled all the equipment. So, you know, it was combines, tractors, whatever you had to have moved. I moved it. And, uh, um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of experiences on the farm running other people's equipment too. Um, all the way from, uh, you know, 350 horsepower, four wheel drive Steiger down to, you know, to a lawnmower, (laughs) Well, when and, uh,
2: you, when you talk about moving equipment, you're talking about moving equipment on a big rig, right? Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, he ain't talking about pickup trucking stuff from one one from the showroom to the farm. He's talking about pulling it on
1: an eighteen wheeler, uh, right? Or just driving it down the road. I mean, heck, a lot of those times, if you're going from point A to point B, you know as well as I do. When you're in those, you know, the, 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 I'm more familiar with Southern Indiana, but heck, you get behind a tractor or a combine, <laughs> you better pack a lunch. Hopefully there's a pull off <laughs> somewhere soon. But that's well, that's regular business. I mean, that's just the way life is out there,
0: right? Yep, that's pretty much it. You're, uh when they're moving down the road, they're great big pieces of equipment, and they take up most of the road. So yeah. be patient.
2: <laughs> well, well, and, and you also know how to work on the equipment as well. It's pretty impressive to watch watch uh, watch you work with that. Uh, and and then I know. Uh, but for a good while in your in your life and your career, you drove a rig, right?
0: Yeah, for about twelve years. Uh, started out driving driving a eighteen wheeler when we had the John Deere dealership, and and uh, um, then you know when Dad got out of that, I just moved over and kept driving, and and that worked for a while, about twelve years. And then I decided it was time to do something else.
1: Can, can you drive a fuel tanker?
0: Uh at one point in time when I had my CDL, yeah, I could drive everything but a but a bus.
1: Evidently there's a, there's a shortage of those. We might might be might be a good time to hop back in the game, man. <laughs> Bruce is retired. <laughs> know, well, I'm just kidding. we well
2: well, we'll we'll hang tight. We got to go pay some bills, but but then this I want to I want to I want to keep going down your career path cuz I think it's so fascinating. Will you hang around with us for a little while, Bruce? Sure. All right, we got Bruce Doan on the At Home with Roby show.
0: The following is a sponsored program on WBT.
1: Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm with Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. We're talking shop with Bruce Doan. Uh, Bruce is a longtime friend of Trent's from Steel Creek Presbyterian, which is now... Uh, Still Creek Presbyterian at Pleasant Hill. Thank you. I knew I was going to get that last part wrong. But uh, Bruce, uh, we were talking about, we were trying to talk you into becoming a a fuel tanker driver as we were going (laughs) in from segment two to segment three, but kind of going through the history of Bruce growing up on on a farm, had a a family, or I'm sorry, your father was partnered at a John Deere dealership. You kind of learned how to drive rig there, but you've mentioned you can do lawnmowers, you can do combines, you can do it all. And of course, I know you... As Bruce Stone, the gas man, <laughs> but we are not there yet. So we, you know, people are saying that you know that's kind of vulgar on a Sunday morning. But it's I mean, you kind just asked gas. him if he could buy drive a tanker. I know. I was trying to get. I was trying to do a segue there, but yeah, I think everybody's aware of the current shortage we have on uh, on CDL drivers. It's just like anything else. I think you know it's a wonderful career opportunity uh, for any of those looking. But there was a segment on the news last night that what made me think of that is there's a jet fuel shortage now, and a lot of it has to do with getting it from point a to point b
2: Mm. so just add that to the list well when when ford and i ford ford always goes to the to the dump the landfill with me i live out in the county so i don't have trash servers about once a week we go to the to land dump uh county dump off of roswell's ferry road we always cut through Tank Town over over in Coolwood, <laughs> yeah. and that's our favorite place to go. Ford loves rigs. Uh, we counted two hundred rigs. We stopped at two hundred when we when we hit eighty five, uh, coming home from the mountains
1: the other day. That's a lot of counting. I got a Tank Town story real quick, before we move too far, I didn't know what that was, and I, when I first started at Roby, I did something that I shouldn't have done, and Trent sent me an email and said something like, "That's almost as crazy as riding through Tanktown firing off a handgun." I was like, what is he talking about? That sounds pretty crazy, right? I did that? You said that at email. I'm like, what is tank town? What? <laughs> so I looked it up. I'm like, oh, where all those tanks are. It's really where our fuel <laughs> depot is, the, the
2: primary yeah, fuel depot yeah. for our for our area. There's a couple big old tanks over by the airport, uh, oh, yeah. the, some aviation yep. fuel, but uh, most of our fuel is stored over, over is it- off Roswell's Ferry, CG Road area. Ended up being a good analogy. That was great. It, it resonated. Uh, all right, so lead this into
1: Bruce the Gas Man. All right, so Bruce, <laughs> we're talking about where you were when you, you, were, you were driving truck. You said you did it for 12 years. And so take us from there until you became, the, I mean, obviously a joke. I mean, what you were doing was highly sophisticated. You tried to show it to us a couple of times in the warehouse. And what you were doing is you're reclaiming gas, which is a huge need in our market. Um, but talk to us about how you got to there
0: um just i I was i was driving a truck we basically pulled a reefer all the time and the uh fellow that worked on our uh refrigeration units uh got talking to me about the um uh cleaner act and what was going to come into play and how all these different people and when you start thinking about refrigeration it's not just your you know, your refrigerator or your air conditioner at your house. There's a lot of big processes that use refrigerant for uh, heat transfer and cooling. And um, so we got to talking about it, and he said, you want to want research it a little bit and see what you can come up with? So I started doing some research, and, uh, you know, there were very limited uh, things because the, the industry had never existed before. Uh, until they uh, came along with the Clean Air Act, and it forced everyone to recover refrigerant, and then you had to do something with the refrigerant. Well, refrigerant is pretty tough stuff. It's almost indestructible. I won't say it's uh, indestructible, but it's almost indestructible. And you could take that refrigerant, remove the impurities and things from it, and bring it back to what they called an ARI-700 at the time, a standard, where you did laboratory analysis on it to make sure it met all these different criteria. Then you could repackage it and resell it. So did my research, told him what I'd found. He said, well, let's, let's start one. So went through about a six-month process of putting together uh, SBA loan applications and things like that. Uh, and doing some research on equipment, and we also contacted a company over in uh, Ohio, and uh, they've since sold out. It was called Integral Sciences at the time, and they came in and, and, and built a lab for us, gave us all the tools so we could do our own lab analysis, and uh, I ran that for two years and really learned a lot by handling the refrigerants in the lab about how refrigerants react to different things. And uh, so then, about two and a half years later, after we started this thing, I decided to go on my own, started my own refrigerant recovery and reclamation business. Uh, Through my research, I also found out that uh, about 70% of the HVAC and refrigerant needs were in the southeast. And um, so I came down and started doing business in the Carolinas. Um, That was in about 90 or 94, and um, basically moved my entire operation here by 2000, and uh, met my wife that I'm currently married to, Sandra, in uh, 98, and we've been been together ever since, and, and made the Carolinas my home.
1: Well, well, for those who, who might, I mean, refrigerant Freon is a type of refrigerant that you that you would that you have. Freon is a
0: Freon is a trade name. Yes, for du- du- Dupont. Um, refrigerant is what we're actually dealing with. It's the liquid that has the thermodynamics to remove heat from one place and put it someplace else. And that's what you do when you use it. It's not you're not really cooling. You're removing heat and discharging the heat someplace else.
1: Well, man, Trent, that story reminds me a lot of Eric Berg when he had, you know, think about when he was in here during the pandemic Mm -hmm. and his trade show business is basically poof, gone. And he saw the opportunity coming with these new regulations. I think it was voting boosts. that really stuck with my mind. I mean, Bruce essentially did the same thing. The rules changed and it created this opportunity. You were smart enough to catch on to it um, and be able to build it out with with obviously some, some people that had brought the opportunity to you. And, I mean, this is an industry that's still going strong. I mean, those that have a home that have R22 in their HVAC systems are going to learn really quick what refrigerant's all about. Um, Because it's going (laughs) to hit your wallet when you go to try to do a repair, right, Bruce? I mean, if you have a leak there, I mean, that stuff is is being phased out. And for a residential standpoint, which most of our listeners have homes, I mean, this is the impact, right? You're able to basically help in that situation if you have... Reclaimed and re refurbished R twenty two, give or take.
0: Right, you know it's uh, it's still around because R twenty two was by far the most widely used refrigerant there was, and because it was literally in every house in the country that had air conditioning in it, uh, that, that was the refrigerant of choice. So, you know, they stopped producing it a few years ago. Um, the prices are showing that now because you know. It, it, it there's been enough change out going on that um, the availability of that refrigerant keeps getting less and less, so the prices go higher and higher. And all the new units have different types of refrigerants in them now, so that, you know, we're not using that refrigerant anymore. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a widely used refrigerant. It was used in industrial application, um, residential application, had a lot of different uses, and... Uh, it was uh <laughs> there was a lot of it out there at one time.
2: Now now Bruce would go take refrigerant so they, big scale. Yeah, off of yeah. off of commercial and industrial rooftop units, big buildings and uh reclaim it. If they were gonna tr- change the unit they would need to get all the gases pulled out of the unit. That's where Bruce would come in and his business, uh, D W solutions, uh would come in take the refrigerant and then they would reclaim it they, yeah. they would clean it and uh and then be able to recycle it and reuse it so a- as all this gas and, and talk and refrigerant talk is, is environmental well you know the the, the epa you, and stuff yeah. keeps keeps locking down the restrictions and stuff like that and it evolves which creates New opportunities. Uh, Bruce was green energy before there ever was green energy. Kind of like remodeling or green, isn't that right, Bruce?
0: Oh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was uh, you, 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 you fit you, you, you. There was a need for the refrigerants that were being phased out. You could still take those refrigerants, clean them up, back to an R I seven hundred spec, and reuse them again. Because in some applications, they were they use thousands and thousands of pounds of this stuff. Yeah. So to be able to retrofit or move to something else or buy a new machine costs millions of dollars. So in order for those people to keep moving, you had to go out and find it in other places or get it from another machine, clean it, deliver it to the other person so that they could uh, continue to keep their equipment going until they could budget replacement or retrofitting.
2: I- Awesome. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. It really is and, and and we worked together with you uh for several years before you retired. We actually even shared some warehouse space. Uh Bruce, awesome story, man. Fun to catch up with you. Uh thank you for joining us on the show.
0: I uh, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. What
2: what 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 good stories, Bruce doan You're listening to at home.
0: The following is a sponsored program on WBT.
1: Welcome back to At Home with Roby. And I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. We are your host. Just caught up with Bruce Doan. I mean,
2: man, he you know he hit me up. Uh, I, I, I think he's so interesting. Uh, yeah. We didn't even get to touch on all, all, all the cool things. Uh, like our, our our one of our favorite hobbies that I do with Bruce. He lives on the river. We go out on the river. But one of my favorite hobbies that we do together is, is firewood. Uh, we, (laughs) we love, we love chopping and hauling and splitting firewood. Uh, Bruce is the first guy, actually Billy Bob, uh, God rest his soul. Uh, we used to run with Bruce at church. We, we all ran together and, uh, those are the first two guys that I had ever experienced a legit wood splitter instead of chopping firewood. I said, I'll never do that. I like to chop It's and it is, it's fun, but, but, uh. I don't know. You can create a big pile and have a lot of fun and still do a lot of heavy lifting and a lot of maneuvering and a lot of say, work you still with the woods getting it up there. What a the deal is the big, the big, the big trees. You know that are that are four or five feet around. Those those take a lot to get the first split going. <laughs> so a wood splitter comes in handy. Uh, but yeah, uh, Bruce and I a couple times a year like to go do that and we'll eat a greasy cheeseburger and, and we might even have a sud when we're done.
1: Well, I think you deserved it. After yeah. exerting all those calories, it's only natural to have to replenish them. So I think that's. But unfair. he heats.
2: He, the majority of his home heat is with a wood stove. Uh, a and I love a wood stove, man. You know, uh, a piece of steel that heats up and then has blowers and you heat your house. How it smells. Oh, man. Everybody I, says I just have a faux fireplace.
1: It, well, I mean, it's like. It's just like a wood, I was going to say, a wood burning fireplace is the same thing. I mean, it, the, the the regular gas, they don't they don't really do it for me either. I mean, it's just something about. Oh, you're, about, talking about you're talking about uh, gas in logs? In general. I mean, gas logs warm you up, but it's just that smell of a wood burning fireplace. It's hard to beat. You have a little baby over there using gas logs. <laughs> That's all I can have. Out in my there house. in
2: Cotswold, yeah. I burn gas logs.
1: <laughs> well, we used to have a fire pit in the back, and then that seemed <laughs> the, to be a real bad idea. Then the log came. <laughs> it, <laughs> They didn't we didn't get got real close. Yeah, yeah. You I don't think you're supposed to have what yeah. Anyways, we'll move on from that topic. But uh yeah, I mean Bruce is I mean his timing's pretty good too, Trent. We started talking I about R twenty two. It's the hottest one of the hottest weeks of the year. Shameless plug. If you're listening to it on a Sunday and you get home and your house is hot, Yeah, if hit us up. if
2: your unit is running and your house is hot, you probably are lacking Freon on, yeah. I mean, it, or,
1: or gas, right? It in we, your unit, right? Call Roby Services. We we are open today, and, Sunday. Call, hit us up. And Come if take you, care and of
2: it and if it, has, and if it has a big block of ice on a part of the unit, and it's out in a hundred degree,
1: 90, 90 degree weather, that means <laughs> you need some. You need some gas, right? Yeah, yeah. Ice at hundred degrees, or something There's something wrong there. I think most people could figure that out. But, I don't. Uh, I mean, other people are like,
2: I think my unit's gonna blow up. It's has
1: got ice on it. <laughs> 90 degrees outside. I'm like, uh, standard HVAC protocol, dog. B- about to say, if you know that, you're either in the HVAC business or you've had a rental property yeah. in your days. And I know that's where you hear that the most often. But, uh, yeah, no, our HVAC division's growing, Trent. It's really good to see. I mean, if we we have great leadership in place and, uh, we're happy to help and, you know, always hiring that kind of thing. So hit who us up. Who you got?
2: Yeah. Who you got over there? Jeremy, yeah. Elliot. And we got Anthony Chadwick, yep. Elijah. Yep. Man, you got you got some stand-up people. Yeah, I going to tell you that some nice young men.
1: They are good, and they they're uh, they're 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 they're
2: available. Hit them up. I heard that we need to get more ladies in the technical side of the HVAC business. What do you think about that? We
1: we need them all across the board in the trades really? business, yeah, don't we? Absolutely. Um, no, I mean, I just I think there's such an opportunity in in that that kind of work. Um, I mean, I, I, the women that we know that are in the industry probably could run laps around most of the men. Oh man, the sky's the limit on the opportunity. I mean, really. Yeah.
2: Uh, and, and if you know how to how, how to work and how to do stuff, there's there's no physical advantage or disadvantage whatsoever. And frankly, I think women have multiples of the brain power. So, <laughs> yeah. ask my wife. Second that. <laughs> or check our test. <laughs> <laughs> or your three daughters or, or my daughter. The or the IQ test yeah. we take online yeah. for the fun of it as a
1: family. Yeah. How and can I get is, embarrassed. Is it the high number or the low number that wins? Is it, is
2: it <laughs> bad when your 13-year-old starts passing you? <laughs> I think that's a good thing. The and then I'm like, bright. And then I'm like, hey, I'm just making y'all feel good they're like you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: i get told that on a regular but, uh, basis
2: but bruce talked a little bit about his wife Sandra. uh yeah. wonderful lady uh she's on the financial side she she uh has a has an accounting mind in that in that side of the career uh wonderful with books and uh they're just great people my they family are. loves them they, they take great care of my kids and, and like i said uh in a couple of weeks, uh, I'm going, I think it's my fourth time up for the 50-year Farm Progress show and ran to us about a 14-hour trip, um, maybe 12. I could be exaggerating. But this year, uh, Max taking his son Wyatt. This is Max's first time going, and uh, and, and I'm going to take forward. They're both in the 5-, five, 6-year-old five, range, and uh, I think they're going to have a good time knocking around this old farm equipment and stuff like that. So, uh, Exciting. Patrick. That is exciting. That's great. I hope y'all had as much fun chewing the cud uh, with some good friends, talking about the farm life, talking about heavy equipment, talking about big rigs, and talking about Freon uh, today as I have doing that. Uh, thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the At Home with Roby show. Listen, go do the golden rule treat others the way you want to be treated. And. T- Take a snap of the Olympics. Cheer, cheer for them American boys and girls. Thank you for listening.